Hello, wrestling fans. It's Quentin Carenza. Hey, that's me. I'm here with Jeremiah Plunkett. Hello again, everybody. This is Jeremiah Plunkett, along with Carenza, opening the door on another big one-hour session of nonsense here on the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. How you doing, Quentin? Did you say nonsense? Yeah, I had to change it a little bit. <laughs> I'm doing good. Just, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Just hanging in there. Hey, you don't have Corona, so everything's okay. Yeah, don't have no Corona or Corona or Corona or any, any way you want to pronounce it. <laughs> if you're, yeah, I, I, I've made the decision to stay away from beer, so I don't get coronavirus. Yeah, Free you whiskey, world. There you go. Yeah, yeah, it's in, it's in my beer. <laughs> all right. Alright, so this week we got, this is, almost, this is show number 11. We're, we're trucking all along. We, we, we are making a, we just steady on down the road here. We at show number 11. Alright, so we're doing the regular CWA Memphis. We're doing the March 14th, 1987, Evansville, Indiana feed. So it would have been taped in Memphis, Tennessee on March 7th, 1987. So we, we Start the show and it's got a new show opening. Um, it didn't even, did it show, I, I, cause I don't the end it showed the trophy and it went into it. I think whoever recorded this cut the trophy part off cause did you, did you see a trophy at the beginning? Not, not at the very beginning. Okay. Um, they did clip back to the trophy a few times. Okay. Um, but they, they got a whole new video. So not just the new remixed, no. uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, but we got some, some more updated footage. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of us from the last couple of weeks. I've noticed some of the footage. Some of they got some from the matches from the last couple of weeks. They've they've added in there. Same like. So yeah, I feel like they're going. Hey, let's quit showing people who are no longer in the territory and let's update this a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking to you. They updated it, and uh, like I said, it had a lot of um, of uh, you know clips from the last few weeks and stuff. Okay. So the show opened, yes, you got the music, new music and all that, and everything's, everything's changed. Um, cuts straight to Lance at the desk, because that means we get another another loop B-show, B-show loop tape. So Yeah, anytime we see solo Lance Russell, as much as I love Lance, I know we're in a bad way. Yep, and I looked everywhere, and I can't find it. I've looked some of my old, old uh, tape trader people I used to deal with, and they're no longer, or can't find them, so they're not, I don't know, I guess they're not around no more, or, or their GeoCities website <laughs> ain't, 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 ain't working no more. <laughs> yeah, their GeoCities or their Angel Fire. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, gotta, I guess I need to try to look around some more of the places, and, uh, but yeah, the, all those are the old guys I did, used to trade and sell to and all that, and deal with I guess they're like me they've they've done realize there ain't no money no more so they, you know you YouTube really put a kick uh, put a damper on the bootleg business <laughs> <laughs> so alright so we go to Lance he, he does a little show run, quick show rundown he says we got today we got um, I don't know what like words you put it in because I just jotted it down he's got Jerry Lawler against the WWF Champion Hulk Hogan. Uh, then he says he got Lord Humongous, the Midnight Rockers, Bubba and Goliath, and they cut to a break. I mean, he said a little more, but I just wrote that down for the gist of it because 
I was like, yeah, it's a B show, you know. <laughs> but that's about what he went into detail on what they're going to be showing. And they, and they made sure to drop that WWF champion. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. God. Yep, yep. So Let's they, get that rub ski. Yeah, so they cut, the, they cut the break. They come back from break. They got Lance uh, is talking about the matches. from. He said, the matches, talking about the match from the old days. He said, Something about people always asking, why don't we show some matches from the old days? And he said, we got one. So we got a good one we dug up for you. And he's like, Jerry Lawler against the WWF champion, Hulk Hogan. And I put that in, so they showed it. Uh, shows the actual entrance. It showed um, Hogan walking well, in. Well, it showed a very, very short Hogan entrance. Yeah, but yeah. got everything. Yeah, so it's from the Mid-South Coliseum. This match is, and it, I'm going to say it was 82, I think, when it was. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong about it. I think it was around 82. And uh, then they cut the Lawler coming in. Here he comes on a horse. So I'm like, I'm, I'm having me like, good grief, dude. Uh, you know, Hogan was like. a tall, ridiculous crown. Yeah. And, you know, Hogan was like, what the crap is this, you know? And, uh, and Hogan was already. Hey, we got gold cake, Hogan, though. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he had Jimmy Hart was with him. Uh, Jerry Calhoun was the referee, and uh, Hogan had his uh, Japanese trunks on. And um, did you notice that? Black Ichiban trunks. Yeah, yep. the black Ichiban trunks and yep. the silver boots. Yep. So. Any all Japan Hogan fans or New Japan Hogan fans would get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, the match it starts. It goes right into clipped highlights. They didn't even give us a, a whole match. They start clipping it from the very get-go. They uh, show some heat on Lawler. I put he makes a come down, but come down. <laughs> a come back. <laughs> a come back. He pulls the straps and didn't. Uh, then I put he he was firing up and didn't. Uh, didn't Hogan cut him off? And then he slammed. It was kind of a from what I can remember. I watched this. Well, actually, I watched it real, like right after the next after we did the show. <laughs> So I'm trying to remember back. Um, and then he slammed Hogan, and then he had Hogan down after the slam, and Jimmy Hart ran in with the cane. And uh, then the, so uh, Hogan got disqualified. And um, when Hart came in, he broke the cane on Lawler's back, didn't he? Yeah, the cane broke, but it it, it was obviously gimmick because yeah. Jimmy hit him so gently. Yeah, yeah. Because at first I was like, did that just break? And I was like, Cause he hit him. Yeah, he's like, "There's no." I was like, "Yeah, it was gimmick." Cause there was no way in the world that thing would have broke. <laughs> and then um, let's see, I got then. That's uh, what I got here. Lawler takes over, hits Hogan with the the cane in the gut, hits Hart with the, uh, with the he's got the broken thing with the broken side, and then um, basically after he hits Hart with with the other the. The part of the cane, and then I got it cuts to break. I didn't go into much detail because it was clipped up really bad. Yeah, there, there seemed to be no flows to the clipping, but the little stuff we did, we did see. I really enjoyed watching Hogan begging off being the coward heel. Yeah. I never saw in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Then ten years later, well, from this airing, we would grow to really love that as a Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. I did know uh, I did I didn't write it down, but I remember at one time Hogan shot Waller in during the heat, 
and Lawler took an awkward back. I don't think he caught when he, I don't think, even if he caught something, Lawler didn't hear him because you could tell Lawler was protecting himself on the bump. It was one of those, you know, he took a back bump. It was a, I think he hit him with a clothesline, I think. But you could tell Lawler's coming from you could tell he didn't know what was coming. So he took, you know, you see when he hit him, he, you know, he it wasn't the regular just, you know, taking a clothesline bump. You could tell he was, he didn't know what was coming, so he was protecting himself on the bump. But yeah, it was so clipped up. It was only like, what, three minutes, I think? Three and a half? Yeah, we got like three, three or four minutes of it, yeah. It was all, it was clipped up really bad, so it was... I, I was impressed by the awesome post by Hogan on the on that body slam. He made Jerry look really, yes, really good. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I know. And, it's, 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 it's like my favorite thing Lawler does. I love, I love a lot of stuff Lawler does. Those rapid fire piston punches when he's on his knees. Yeah, yeah. When he's got him down, and I've never been able, I've never been able to get the timing down myself. Oh, I don't know how he ever did it. I mean, it's he so was, and he never wore knee pads, which is even more insane. Yeah, he didn't wear knee pads up until early 90s. He still doesn't wear knee pads. He don't wear them anymore. He was wearing them in, I know, in the 90s because he was wearing spandex. You could see them under his uh, spandex yeah. leggings in the 90s. My last shows I've been on, well, he's not, he, he never had he never he, had pads. Yeah. But he, he, like, he might wear a wrap every now and then. Because I know what, and look, cause in the 90s, he was still doing a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Still working hard in the 90s, so... It's probably why he was he started to wear them in the nineties, but you could tell toward the, you could see in the Spanish you could I I don't think he and I don't think he was wearing a bit like trace or anything in the nineties because they'd really stick out. I think he was wearing some really thin ones in the nineties, but he had something because as I remember seeing some um, some late the late USWA stuff and he and you could tell he had something on him, but it wasn't like the big trace that you know everybody was really popular at the time. Because they really stick out underneath uh, oh, yeah. your spandex leggings. So, Alright, so we'll cut to break. And they come back and um, Lance is already standing in there for the... Uh, oh, he's already standing. It's always, always standing. It's for the, I'm sorry. They cut the break. Come back. It's uh, Lance there. He's going to give the Evansville uh, rundown for the Wednesday, uh, March 18th, 1987 show. Bubba and Goliath and Bruno... And Pat Tanaka is already standing there. So, and he goes, seven big matches. A single match with Jarrett Tanaka. And, and then Bruno um, starts doing all the talking. Uh, but Goliath starts grumbling something. I couldn't figure it out. Could you figure out what he was saying? Not a clue. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> And then he said, uh, uh, then Bruno was back in to talk about the Southern Southern Tag Team match against Soul Train Jones and Bam Bam Bigelow. But the whole thing was Pat Tanaka standing there. I know this is the B show, and most places on the loop, when you got the B show, you've already watched the A show. Um, except for Nashville. Nashville always showed the B show before they showed the A show. So that never made sense why well, they always did that. Uh, so the studio show, you got to see... Um, the build, the not the build, but the Pat Tanaka turn. They showed it um, on the because they did an interview and everything, and um, so this was the rundown. Of, let's see, they did the say and he says the main event is Lawler versus Idol. Uh, they cut to Idol with the uh, the usual Austin Idol taped match plug, 
uh, in the dressing room with the black curtain. But this time, did you notice Austin Idol was holding the Southern Heavyweight title? I, I did, and I noticed it for numerous reasons. Um, a, that's, that's my favorite title, bar none. Uh, however, it seemed, the, the, the one I'm used to is black and gold. And this was like a brassy silver and gold. It's the same one. It it it, it by this time that belt was getting ready. Stripped off the paint off of it or what? What's that? It looks like all the paint had been stripped off of it. Yeah, it's it got it's gotten real because it see that the the tag had the the two side plates, the heavyweight had the three side plates, and by then I know the tags were down to one side plate by then, and I know. Uh, and I think that the heavy only had two side plates. Yeah, because they got a new one um, in eighty, like in eighty nine. Two more years later, they they got a new heavy belt because that uh, that was getting really wore out by then. Yeah, because it, it it if you look at pictures from like the early eighties, yeah, it was a lot. The color on it, it it was a lot better. That had been yeah, it looked really really rough to the point of. I wasn't even sure if it was still the Southern Heavyweight title. Yeah. Just because the color was so different. Yeah. It, it, you can tell it had not been polished or anything. Because, I mean, nobody, because Lawler didn't, he held it. And then, then they had, you know, when he did the thing. So, so there's no telling how long that belt, there's no telling where it would have been sitting at. <laughs> and I doubt if Lawler even really kept care of it, you know? Because back then, guys. <laughs> Guys just didn't take care of belts back then at all. You know, because promotion, they didn't care. It was a, promotion, it was a promotion's belts. But, yeah, that, that was getting ratty by then. It was, I looked, I noticed, I was like, that, that thing, because, uh, so they had that, they had a tournament for that, like, what, two weeks ago? And they never told the results. So, I feel like it was even longer than that. It might have been longer than that. Actually, it probably, yeah, because it was, it was like 1st of February, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. The, it was in, a little... Or maybe in the end of January, maybe. It had been a while. They had that tournament, and like I said, so I guess they put the um, the strap on Idol, and he's never at TV, so we didn't know who had the belt. <laughs> so, so Idol does the interview, basically your normal Idol video, and then... Uh, they cut away, and um, I got on here. The whole thing they should have never, even if it. My thing that this and I think shows you that there's not a lot of detail and stuff. Because even if it's a beat, it's a loop B tape. They still should have put. Because later on, I'm a little spoiler here. They show um, Patanaka comes out there and everything, you know, with Bruno and everything. But at least they should have, you know, you see that. Before you saw, you know, the rundown, him just standing there, and it's like, and he didn't say nothing, so it's like, you know, it's, like I said, they think, you know, everybody watches the first show, and some, like I said, Nashville, well, Nashville had the A and B, the B show actually come on before the A show did, but I don't think a lot of people watch the A show because it come on like at 9 o'clock in the morning, I mean, the B show and the A show come on on Channel 2, ABC Channel 2, and it was like it. 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, more people watched it. But, um, alright, so they cut the break, and it comes back, and it, it goes straight to footage of the Midside Coliseum of Austin Idol walking out to the ring with Lord Humongous. 
And that's from, like I said, it's from Midside Coliseum. It's got Randy Hales on commentary. Jericho Hunter's your referee. And then Humongous gets in the ring and they show his opponent. It's the Mass Patriot. And I had no clue who the Mass Patriot was. Hey, that, that was going to be my question. Uh, whoever this guy was was well built. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you who, who he looked like body wise. Uh, I immediately thought that it was uh, Bullet Bob. He's too thick. Not and he was he was too thick and short to be Bob. Maybe it might have been Bob, Bullet Bob from like the sixties, like sixties, early seventies, maybe. But that time period, now because he was in um, Continental doing the Bullet, and his body for his age, his body was awesome. But no, that wasn't that wasn't the Bullet. No, it's, it's too thick. Too thick of a guy. Um, and then they, they got the must put together enhancement talent that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, dude was in great shape for to come in there. And, uh, and Sid, oh my gosh, Sid was so green. Oh, so, so green. <laughs> so it green. was bad. This, this match made absolutely no sense. It did no favors for Sid. No. I put on here, the don't know who the Patriot was. I put Sid was so green. I said, he, he, I said, has Sid uh, clotheslined him? And, uh, and then he stomped him in the chest, and that was the finish. And he stomped him in the, yeah. the, the <laughs> chest stomp, basically, was the finish. And then, didn't Idol get on the mic? I was on the mic half the match. Yeah, yeah, I was saying, I remember him talking a lot. Because the match was like, it wasn't even probably 40 seconds, maybe. It wasn't long at all. What really got me, and what I don't understand at all, is that, so, okay, Austin, Austin Idol's got the promo, Humongous jumped him, and then the rest put him on back, and Idol hits him with a chain. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So you're going to have this guy murder the Patriot. I forgot murder. all about that. Oh, yes. Why, why the chain shot? To me, it kneecaps humongous. That exactly. Cause I, that's why I said, because I, I had to rewind. I said, did he just hit him with a chain? I was like, I was like, why did he hit him with a chain? You got a monster in the ring. And I just think it was Idol just trying to get himself more heat. And But at the same time, it, yeah, it, it, hurt, it hurts your monster. But I think it idled it just to get him some more heat. Well, good gosh, at the time, I mean, I mean, you couldn't get no more heat, you know? It's crazy. But yeah, I noticed, I forgot, I, forgot, I didn't write that down, I forgot about that. Because, yeah, because I rewound, I was like, did he just hit him with a chain? <laughs> yeah, that made no sense. No, but, and then we got a press slam afterward for good measure. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was, it, it wasn't long, and it, it, it went longer than it should have. <laughs> it was pretty bad. And, um... Like I said, I don't know who the Patriot was at all. Um, but yeah, he was definitely in great shape. Um, so they cut back to Lance. Go straight to Lance. Lance intro. He's at the desk and he says he starts talking about the Midnight Rockers. And he says we got a video here. We'll show you a video for the Midnight Rockers, the AWA World Tag Team Champions. So then it cuts to the video. The song starts playing. It's mid Living After Midnight by Judas Priest. And basically, it was the AWA video that 
was shown in the AWA, it was AWA made, um, Midnight Rogers. It's basically about all the, I think all the footage was uh, from like the showboat tapings that they used to do in AWA for the ESPN thing because it was um, a lot of, you know, just their high spots and double team moves and you see when they did the, <laughs> the gut shot to the knee lift when Duke almost, <laughs> he fell back and Jenny, I mean, uh, Michael's had to grab and pick him back up to get him the knee lift. Yeah. And I, I was like... So here, here's the thing. They were so ahead of their time with yes. the double team stuff. Yes. If they would have stayed together longer, could have kept their heads straight, like they would be rivaling the rock and roll at midnight as the best tag teams ever. I will stop you right there. I disagree because on one reason. Vince McMahon... He doesn't like tag teams to be together long. But if they were, like, say, if they were working AWA, I mean, AWA, that's what they weren't dummy. NWA, well, they don't, never broke people up, you know, that was, you know, they, I say, yeah. But Vince would have broke them up no matter what. Because he, he just didn't. And I, and I agree with that. Yeah, but. And but was, I, I said, if they had stayed together. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. They were right. so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. They had the yeah. great match. Uh, many of these clips were from one of my favorite mat or series of matches with them and uh, Doug Summers and Buddy Rose. Those matches were awesome. Yes, Buddy Rose was he, he was he was a probably about three ten, three fifteen at that time, and man, he was bumping yeah, machine, huh? In horrible shape when he looked. Yeah, out. horrible. But he was a bumping machine still at that weight, and uh, yeah, those matches were really good. Yeah, that, that, that whole series they did with them, oh, they did it for like a year, and they finally, uh, they finally put finally put the belts on them. But uh, yeah, most of it was that, and um, like I said, and the, basically all the stuff from the um, the AWA tapings of the showboat, and they uh, Michael show Michael's doing his uh, moonsault watch at '87. All people I remember doing moonsaults in 1987. In America, on TV, was Chavo Guerrero was doing them on Bill Watts's UWF, UWF TV because that's the first time I ever saw one. And I, I think Hector did one. He was Lasertron. Right? He, he did, um, and you can't you can't forget the genius, or well, I guess he's still leaping Lanny. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. So there was a handful of people doing them, and, but yeah, Shawn Michaels he. he it was in that video, so. Uh, so they cut the break. Um, they come back from break with a match in progress. And it is Jonathan Boyd, the hunter with Bambi, against Alan West and Pat Tanaka. It's from the Mid-South Coliseum. Frank Morrell is your referee, and Lance, uh, Lance is back doing commentary. It's that other match. Um, the Sid Vicious one that was Randy Hales doing the commentary. So Lance is back doing the commentary. Um, this was a good little match for, you know. Uh, now, so these little Coliseum matches, I like them, they show. I thought it was a good little match, but uh, Alan West, he can't even hit the ropes right. Did you notice that? No, he, you, he almost turns. Like, you know, like me, when I used to hit him, I would turn. I would always hit him with, you know, my side. He would almost hit him with. He, he would really be completely. Totally sideways. I noticed when he was hitting them, and it looked so awkward. But everything else, um, 
you know, I thought it was a good little match. What did you think about it? I really enjoyed it. it you know, it, like I said, Alan West was the, the damper on it, for sure. Yeah. Um, Boyd, so, you know, like I told you before, I, I've seen very little Boyd when they show arena matches. He hadn't been wrestling on TV. Uh, you know, he's been out there talking about the, uh, the sheep herders, but he hasn't been wrestling. Yeah. Boyd, uh, and I like the Hunter. The Hunter's really good. Yeah. But Boyd just has that extra little bit of intensity. Yes. And everything he does and aggression. And whenever it was him and Tanaka, like I, I have a note here, but uh, I could watch Jonathan Boyd beat up Pat Tanaka and Pat Tanaka sell it for hours. Yes. Oh, yes. It was so good. You know, don't, don't get me wrong, Alan West came in and he tried. Like, he really did. Yeah. And he didn't do terrible. No, I just... But when your partner's Pat Tanaka, you're not going to yeah. live up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I put on here, I said when Hunter and Tanaka was in there, they did a couple good little spots there. Before they started the heat, uh, Tanaka and Hunter were, they did, I can't remember what they did, I just put did some really good spots during the sh- uh, shine before they got the heat on him. It seemed like that worked. I was like, man, I'd actually kind of like to see a match, you know, a good, you know, arena match with them too, you know. Yeah, because Hunter was good. Delvezi was good. And, um. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I really loved, uh, at some point, uh, Tanaka gets a, gets a nice little comeback. And then he goes and he pins whichever guy he was in there with. Frank Morell's like, damn it. And he went down to count and he did not want to go down. It was yeah. the slowest count ever. Yeah. Oh, it gets worse through the years. But, yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, his counts have become legendary toward the end. Um, oh, then, it, was, it, was, it was bad. Yeah, then they got, uh, so, they, so they had the heat on. Um, tonight they got a real small comeback tagged in. Um, West and I think they went they went to a four way didn't they yeah well went to a four way he got re- well first off let's, let's talk about Alan West comeback <laughs> he really weird awkward I want to hit you with the outside butt of my fist <laughs> like hammer fist to the side of the neck I don't know if he's with that um, and then he I guess he's like I'm a baby face I need to throw a drop kick well buddy no you shouldn't he gets hyped, but it don't. It looks awkward. It, it yeah. It, it's a guy who can jump, but is not athletic, and I know that makes no sense. Yeah, it just looks really, like, o- really awkward. Yeah, um, but then I, yeah, after that, it goes into a four way, and we get that terrible blind Polish hammer finish of his. Yeah, that is so bad. At least he came off the feet, his feet a little bit this time when he he actually landed on his knees. I think. I think actually. Yeah. And I've seen, uh, there's a couple guys on the indie scene who used to do a flying Polish hammer for a finish, and it looks good if you, like, have some pop to it and, like, some rotation off of it. It looks good if it's not Alan West doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a weird finish. Oh, man, so... A weird finish for him. So the match ends, and so my own... Uh, it, it cuts straight to the studio with the ring shot and graphics of Rough and Ready with Boss Winners against Bam Bam Bigelow and Jerry Law. Jerry Calhoun was the referee. Poor Rough and Ready, man. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. When's going to be their best night? There's my thing. When you got, when you got a team, that's what I understand what they do. Because, you know, like, 
Rough and Ready, they were, for job guys, they were decent little guys, you know? And then you had, you know, like Garmin tried to be decent. What? If, when you have guys come out there and I still think they're the same person. Do what? I still think they're the same people. Now, Garmin trailer's bigger, dude. Look at, watch them next time. They're bigger. A lot bigger. Garmin trailer's a lot better shape and got more musk and they're a lot bigger. But, I would rather put some guys that, because you know they're just going to get in there and just get meat jobbed. Why don't you get some guys, put Jim Jameson out there and somebody, you know what I'm saying? Save, you know. Don't put that evil on Jim Jameson. Bam Bam Bigelow will literally kill Jim Jameson. Yeah, but man, his bumps will look so good. <laughs> his bumps will add some more to it, though. That's, that's you know, that's what I don't understand. Um, I was listening, oh, I'm, never mind, I don't get off track, because I'll get off track, <clears throat> and then we'll be looking down, and be like, oh gosh, we gotta go, we gotta hurry up, you know, because I didn't ramble off about something else, but, so yeah, um, I got rough, one of the rough, because I don't know which one's rough, I don't know which one's ready, grabbed a headlock on Jerry Law, and neither, neither, neither one was ready, tonight. <laughs> he got that right, and uh, he grabbed the headlock, and I said, oh, here we go, Andy Kaufman, I saw him pick him up, and I said, oh, he's going to fold him. He's going to break, you know, I was like, and Lawler, and Lawler just, he worked it. He didn't, he could have, I was like, I thought he was going to fold him up, like he did Kaufman. But he didn't, he worked, he worked it. Did you notice that? Yeah, so the belly-to-back suplex that Lawler gives is always at a high angle. Yeah. And I don't know why that is, and it's scary every time. But this was one of his safer ones. Yeah. But yeah, I noticed any time he gives one, it always at a high end. It was when I saw him pick him up, I said, oh, he's going to fold him up. And he did, he can't, he, yeah, it goes up really high and he can't, and became, I mean, it's still, well, you know, probably a little rougher than some, but it was, it was probably one of the better ones I've ever seen, you know, seen him give somebody protection wise. And, um, because, yeah, as soon as I saw that headlock, I said, I know it's fixing to happen. And <laughs> there he went, but yeah. Um, let's see, then Lawler suplexed him, um, the suplex were good, pretty safe, you know, everything, Lawler's doing safe, um, I think he, didn't he shoot him in, give him an elbow, I think, and he tagged Bigelow in, and uh, I was like, oh, here we go, then Bigelow gets him with a flying headbutt, then Bigelow hits him with a big suplex, and then Bigelow hits him with a drop kick, and about, uh, uh, decapitates him with a clothesline. Did you see that clothesline he gave that boy? Oh, God. I, you can't miss that clothesline. <laughs> I it, rewound it, it like... It, it was murderous. I rewound it like five times. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, he just killed that boy. I mean, he... And that's what the craziest thing about Bigelow is, like, some things look so smooth, like that, that headbutt. Yeah. Looks yeah. so smooth and so nice. And then... <laughs> the drop kick and the clothesline. Yeah. My God. Yeah, the drop kick ate him up too, but that clothesline was... I, was, I put on there, he decapitated the kid with the clothesline. <laughs> and then, you know, Slaughter... It, it, it was under the neck. It was bad. There, there was no chance to do it. It was like right under the neck. It was, it was yeah. Right it, the jaw. Yeah, it was, oof. And, so, and Bigelow was green as grass then too. And yeah. Yeah, he, he just took kids out. And then Lawler came in. Do you know what Lawler... And then... then I put so Lawler tags in, and what does Lawler do? He he's he can't have Bigelow doing a nice drop kick, so he's got to do his drop kick. So he don't want Bigelow to get over it. Lawler's ego don't want Bigelow to get over, so he um he had to throw a drop kick in too. 
Then he threw a suplex, and I was like, dude, come on. You know? No, and not only that, both big old suplex and drop kick were better than one Lawler. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because I tell you right now, that big old drop kick, it it made him loopy, and then he <laughs> and he finished him off with it. <laughs> it really made him loopy off the clock. Yeah, but yeah, and I mean, it's, I was like, Lawler, come on, dude. Let this guy get over, you know, because he, he hadn't been in the business probably about a year, you know. And this is his first time on, t you know, making a run on TV. Well, the well back earlier in the, the year, you know, back in '86, you know, was his first, you know, really TV run. So, you know, and he wasn't there long because he went from there and went to I think it was what world class, and they made him a Russian, which made no sense. And um, so this was, you know, really he, he hadn't had much TV time and stuff. So I was like, you know, I just like Lawler at Lego, just kind of, you know. Uh, then uh, Bigelow uh, back in with the press slam. Uh, no post the press slam. What's that? No post on yeah. the press slam. Oh, it was all it was all Bigelow just pressing him up. Uh, then I said, uh, then I said, Lawler comes back in, shoots the guy in. One of Rough and Ready, I don't know which one it was, shoots him in and tries to backdrop him into a into Bigelow's power bomb and about killed the guy. You, that was awful. Yeah, they tried to get cute. Yes. Um, I've never seen... I, I've seen that executed decent a few times. But, like, usually not. Yeah. I've seen... You know, like, the free words I, used to do it. Yeah. I've seen it done a lot in Japan where it was smooth. But, you know, it was smooth as in it looks like all one motion. But the they always dropped them on their head in Japan. <laughs> They didn't care over there. They don't care. Those guys didn't care over there if they dropped you on your head. <laughs> but yeah, it was. You know, some, I, was to, I used to see do it a lot and do it well, and you're going to laugh at this. The Mean Street Posse. The few times they, they, they went over, it would be backdrop by one of them into a power bomb by either Pete Gass or Joey Ann. Well, they were the two bigger of the guys. They could catch him. Cause if you notice Bigelow, if he if he wasn't you know, if it was been like a normal sized guy, it would have would a guy would have went straight all the way to his head. But Bigelow grabbed he kept him from basically getting breaking his neck probably. Cause he, you know he oh yeah he to, he totally saved him yeah but beat him up with the splash afterward yeah <laughs> but yeah that's what I put I said then Bigelow hits the splash for the finish and uh, the base that I was was. To get basically it was to get Bigelow over and Lawler basically didn't want him to get out didn't want him Bigelow to outshine him which I didn't make no sense. But anyway, so they cut the break. They come back to the studio with Lance with a stand up interview with Bruno Bubba Goliath. Bruno talks about the Billy Travis losing the loser leave town loser leave the fall match. Uh, the one that gets Bruno's hair. Uh, then the then he put the then Bruno said. Here's the line of the day for me. It says, Bruno's has the line of, he said, this hair is so well kept, and he took his cap off, and it looked like, <laughs> he hadn't brushed his hair in three weeks. He said, this hair's been, he said, my hair is so well kept. And I was like, I was like, I mean, I know it's cheap hill heat, you know, but I was like, man, that's the, he had a big old rat's nest going that morning. Because <laughs> so I don't think he ever brushed his hair. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate when, Bruno's really, 
he understands what he looks like. I appreciate that. It's funny to me when he takes off his shirt, his shirt and flexes and says how big he is and stuff like that. But it, it's yeah, not that. But it was, oh, I didn't, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't read the whole thing. It says, I, look, I just noticed, um, actually, he goes, my hair, it said this hair has been, it's been, I, it's well kept and well groomed and it was just all over the place. <laughs> and then, um, uh, there's a quick mention about Pat Tanaka turning, a real quick one, and then the list tells him he said, uh, "Let's just go to the ring." Yeah, she says, "Go to the ring." I put that down, but Lance actually tells us, "Go to the ring." <laughs> and I was guess later they had enough of Bruno because <laughs> he's like, "Is he did?" Because I was like, "Did it?" So I rewind a couple times. I was like, "I think he was shooting. I think he was really tired of him." So go to the ring. Because usually he went, he'd say, oh, get out of here, you know what I'm saying, or take that out of here. That was usually, you know, you'd, you'd hear from Lance, but he goes, go to the ring. <laughs> Did you notice that? Oh, absolutely. Half the time I think he does get legit frustrated. But he, with, uh, <laughs> he was, because he just, he just says, go to the ring. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had Bruno out there so much during the show, you know, and, um, and all he does the whole if it's Bubba Goliath or Boy Tony, he talks during their whole match. So I'm sure that he doesn't had enough. Then you know he's probably just like oh, I'm that's enough. You know it's one of the days his just didn't he didn't want to mess. With it. He just go to the ring. I was like dang. But um, so they have the graphic. Um, they're walking to the go up to the ring. It's Bubba Goliath against it says Haskins and uh, Freezer. Which was David Haskins and Freezer Freezer Thompson. Referee was Jerry Calhoun. Uh, Do you notice uh, Goliath's got a new solid black shirt undershirt now? He because that one was faded bad and it was almost gray. He got a brand new spanking new black one. He was wearing for this. I know. Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's coming up in the world. He's uh, a champion. Uh, <laughs> and I, I see that uh, old Bubba went back to his blue singlet. Yeah, I noticed uh, that. But man. Just in the, this will be the third month we're covering. Yeah. So just in the three minutes. Bubba's looking good, man. Yes, he's he's improving a lot. And I put on here, the, uh, the undershirt and the next line was, Bubba with a standing drop kick that looked awesome. Yeah, a big shotgun kick. Well, but, oh, with, good gosh. With those big legs. But he was 400 pounds, I mean. I mean, I mean, trust me, if him to get up that high, to be that big, I'll go with that kind of drop kick any day, you know? Yeah. But and let's, let's talk about, so we lost Freezer Thompson. I thought that we were going to get, you know, we, we've seen them, these guys wrestle before, and Bubba and Goliath were bumping around for Freezer. Yeah. yeah not, not so much this time. Yeah, yeah, I noticed they come in there. And, oh, did you see, Gold, Tom, earlier we were talking about the clothesline. Did you see the clothesline um, Goliath gave Freezer right in the mush? Oh, oh, it was it, it, it was one of the few times that you want to be tag, you want Bubba to tag you. It was right in right in his face, man. I said, "Oh gosh, yeah." He 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 drilled him right in the face with it, man. I was like, "Oh," and then then I put. Um, did you know? Did you notice Bubba with the revolving leg, revolving door leg drops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've 
met somewhere before. Yeah. I wonder how, Bubba's getting around better than you, though, so what's going on there? <laughs> he probably didn't do them on the floor. Yeah, he's probably smart and didn't, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, my, my favorite part of this match, legit, though, was Lance messing up and calling Freezer William the Thompson Freezer. Yes, and Bruno called him out on it. <laughs> Over and over, and I think Lance was legit getting mad. Yeah, he was ready to kill. Bro. I think by the time they walked out of the, and off, you know, they did this. I think he was ready to kill Bruno. He's already frustrated. Only time done go to the ring, and then yeah, when he stumbled across the the, gone. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Bruno wouldn't let it die. They just kept on. <laughs> what do you say? Is his name Mister Freezer? <laughs> It's something like that. And I was like... Who names their guy Freezer? And I'm yeah, like, oh, man. Yeah. Come on, get off of him. I was like, man, this is going to be the day Lance snaps. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was going to say something about that. You know, I was like, and then... Yeah, so I got that, and uh, let's see. Uh, then, basically, Glock gets in, a little more clubber, and then he uh, hits his second rope splash, which he got up on the ropes again good. And... Uh, even though he don't get no height to be, you know, that big, he's it still he he can tell he's safe with it, and it don't look bad, you know. Yeah, no, I have, I have no. I'm, I'm glad they started doing something for a finish. I wish they were doing something with both of them. Yeah, they'd be. Um, nice. But you know, I mean, with, with doing what it is, I yeah. mean, it was it was fine. Yeah. Um. Did you did you notice? I think Freezer was just getting getting tired of getting killed and like. He just tagged out, stood up, and got out of the ring. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, he tagged David Haskins in, and uh, uh, this is the first time we've seen Haskins, wasn't it? Is this the first time? I believe it is. Uh, I believe it is before we saw Drew Haskins' daddy. Uh. <laughs> this guy, he actually he was in. I want to say. He would. He started Memphis for and was did job for a long time. I want to say '86. He went out to um, Watts. I think he went out and did some UWF for Watts in '86, and then I think he came back and did a few you know job matches on TV. And I, I want to say he he might have went to Continental for a little while. In '87, and I know he come back sometime in '87, and he actually got a little push at Memphis. I want to say maybe toward the end of '87, maybe, and then '88. Well, he looked really good, so like I could see yeah. why you push him. Oh yeah, and you know, from my, I used to always just say he could pass for Jerry Lawler's son from a distance. I can see it because he he you know he had a hairy chest like Lawler, and he was built like I mean he reminded me of Lawler a lot, you know. Uh, his, his way, just his look a little bit, you know, a uh, little more in shape. Uh, but like, especially when Lawler, before Lawler started wearing the strap, when he was healed in the seventies, had that big hairy chest, you know. And Haskins had a big hairy chest, but uh, yeah. But did I don't think Haskins got anything? Did he? Maybe a couple punches or something? Maybe it wasn't much. Yeah, just, just punches. He yeah. just stayed alive. Just yeah. enough to stay alive. Yeah. And... But yeah, so that was that was you know. Uh, that's, you know, they're just, um, yeah, they didn't give, yeah, yeah, Freddie Thompson didn't get nothing this time, so basically, it was, they didn't, yeah, it was your basic, um, Bubba Glyph match with, like I said, 
couple little extra things stowed in there. But, um, so they cut the brake, and, um, it goes to, uh, to Lance with Evansville rundown, and Lance brings in Jeff Jarrett right at the beginning. Jeff comes in to plug his match with Pat Tanaka, which Pat Tanaka turned heel. Um, for what, for the way I've seen it, uh, which I get, I've looked for it, I can't find it these A shows anywhere. Um, from what I remember, when I, because I think I'm pretty sure, sure I had this show, uh, Pat Tanaka turned heel. It was uh, the week before they did the lead up of the little, uh, kind of little argument with Jarrett and Travis, I mean, Jarrett, uh, Jarrett and um, Tanaka, saying that Jeff dumped him. So then, uh, in the match around the loop, they had the, um, it was loser of the fall of Travis and Jarrett or, uh, would have to leave town or if, Bur if Bubba Glock, Bruno get his head shaved. So what they did was Tanaka ran out and screwed Billy Travis uh, and turned, and that's how they turned him. Um, so that's how basically he got that he turned heel. So... Uh, I remember because the a, the loop the I mean the a show tape I remember it showed the clip of the Evans uh, from the missile um, Coliseum of it, and they came back and uh, they have to show the clip because I could come out and did an interview his first heel interview, and uh, at the studio, and um, so I was setting up so they got uh, Travis out of the picture to have a program with. Um, uh, Tanaka and Jarrett. So, um, so that's basically what Jeff was was plugging the match with him and Tanaka. Uh, then Jeff exits out, and Soul Train Jones and Bam Bam Bigelow come in to plug their match for it's a tag team title match against uh, Bubba and Goliath. They're going, they're going to get the belts against Bubba and Goliath. They're trying to get their belts. Um, Soul Train Jones for the line of the good, the bad, and the destruction. Something about um, Bigelow. Bigelow, that's, yeah, he says the good, the bad, and the destruction. Bigelow says something about. I can't understand what he said. I put down. He says something maybe heads and dancing or something. I can. I can't understand him when he does those when he talks on those uh, match plugs. Yeah, the good, the bad, and the destruction was terrible. Yeah. Um, but Bam Bam's comeback was Wednesday night. There's going to be breaking. But it won't be dancing; it'll be head. Okay, I couldn't understand what. Cause, yeah, I wonder what he says. I, I figured you'd probably. You seem like you'd get it better than I. <laughs> but yeah, I got heads and I got dancing. That's all I got out of it. But yeah, that good, the bad, the destruction. I said that that was horrible. <laughs> and then they walk. Good. He's the bad and the destruction. I guess he's scared to call Bam Bam ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, probably, yeah, it might not have been a good idea. So then uh, they exit, and Lawler comes in to do his match plug against Idol. Basically, a little fired-up babyface uh, interview uh, for the match plug for Lawler. Talking about that, um, you know, he wanted this match with just him and Idol, just them together, no partners. So, he, he, like I said, it basically, you know, Idol's is the same, you know, Idol interview, Lawler's the same one on his. You know what you're going to get. So then they... Uh, <clears throat> go to break that cuts back to the studio straight to the ring with the graphic the graphic says Jarrett West Southern Diamond Star versus Shima 
Goto, Tojo, Hunter, Boy Tony. So that's what that's ten man tag team, right? Yep. Okay, this one was good. Plus two managers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, to, uh, no, because Tojo's who was uh, Bambi and, and Bruno. And Bruno, that's right, Bruno. Yeah, because at the end he got this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And uh, <laughs> I put on here the start out. Jarrett and Goto start out. Do some of the good wrestling. And I put, I wished they would have saved Sato and Goto till now and put Travis and Jarrett with them after Jeff got some seasoning instead of when Jeff was so green and it was Jeff and Tanaka against Sato and Goto. I mean, their stuff was good, but with Jeff with some more seasoning, at this time, they would have had some really good, I'm talking good matches, you know? Because... The, the ones I've seen from, um, of those, like I said, when, when it was Jeff and, and Pat Tanaka against Sato and Goto, they were good. But Jeff was green. He was so green. And, but I think, man, if they could have somehow saved them to this time where Jeff was got, had gotten more experience, they would have been really good. But yeah, they started off, did their little, some stuff. And, um, but I put, uh, Jarrett and Goto start out with some good wrestling as usual. Jarrett does a head scissor takeover. That's the first time I've ever seen him do that. Um, and it's the old school uh, bottle opener head scissor that I love to death. Yeah. And then I put uh, Jarrett Star um, do a double drop kick. Star is Mark Star. That's Chris Champion's brother. Um, at the time, that's 87, so Florida was on its dying, dying last leg. Uh, I, actually, I it was all, it was... Because Crockett then bought it and then took all the people out of it. Uh, they were still sending some of the guys back to do TV tapings. Because uh, that's where Stan Lane got. Because Stan Lane was went back to Florida. And that's how they put... I'm sure everybody's heard of the Cornet story. He was working in Florida, which was bought out by Crockett. Um, they were still running championship for Florida. But the crew was basically... Um, all the, it was some Florida guys that they that Crockett didn't want to use, and basically the lower level, lower tier NWA guys and stuff. So basically, they bought Crockett. They Crockett bought Florida, and you know didn't care because we got the talent he wanted out of it, and didn't care what it. But it was on the slice leg. So Mark Starr, that's where he was from. Uh, let's see. Okay, double drop kick. I said he don't star. Bruno calls him Mark Green. Did you know hear that? Did you hear when he said that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. He said, What's this guy named Mark Green? <laughs> then I put Star with a nice drop kick. He got. He got nice some, drop kick, and he throws an arm drag, too. Yeah. On sheet. The best we've seen on Memphis TV. Yeah. He, and, uh, so then I put. Uh, Tony comes in, bumps around a few times, makes the bay faces look good, and then he goes and tags back out. And then I put uh, Hunter comes in, hits a nice backbreaker and suplex, tags Tony back in. They take back over, more bumping from Tony. <laughs> and then I, uh, it was then I put I can't remember who was in the ring. Tony was on the apron, turned. <laughs> he turned and started getting cheap heat with the the crowd. And here it was shot. I don't care who it was. They shot the baby face. <laughs> Into the ropes, and it hits Tony. And he knocks him off the apron to the floor. Did you see that? Absolutely. It was the biggest pop of the match. <laughs> it 
he tried to yeah, hold. Just, he went down I'm and tried not, to hold that second rope, and he couldn't. He went on down. <laughs> I'm not convinced that it wasn't set up that way because the comeback happened right after. If it wasn't set up, it if if it was set up, it looked it was he did it perfect. Because he didn't even be able to grab it. He was falling to grab that second rope and, and he let you know and he slipped off of it. So if it yeah, if it was a work, it was it was, well, Tony Tony's so underrated, so yeah, I could say I could say yes, that's probably was a work and but Tony made it look so and good. Mark Starr was trying to get a job. Yeah, Mark Starr and definitely was. See yeah. how hard he was working. Yes. Yeah, he was working. Yeah. Everything he he actually did get a job, I think. I think he did, because I know he was in there at 87. I can't remember, actually, what if it was this time period or later on. Um, so, yeah, then I put, and then uh, everybody came in. It was just a big cluster, and then Albany comes in for the DQ, jumps in for DQ. And then I put, man, I'm not going to see no Tojo Kane in this week, because he was in, actually in the match, you know? And then I put, it was all big, it was all big, they were all spilled on the floor, and all of a sudden, because during the match, Bruno had Tojo's kendo stick walking around. So then when it all spit on the floor, Tojo went over and got his kendo stick. I said, oh, here we go. And he's down there just wailing on Paul Diamond on the floor. And all of a sudden, he looks up, and there's JT Southern. He comes over and just whacks JT Southern. And JT Southern, like, takes two steps and turns, like, what the crap this was that? He <laughs> and Tojo was standing on the stick. <laughs> the look on JT Southern's face was like, what the crap was that? He turns around and told him to pop him, but he didn't know it was coming. Because he was, he had somebody on the hill, and, and he didn't know it was coming. And he, he popped him with that stick, and that look on his face like, what the crap? <laughs> how, much, how much did you enjoy that? I loved it. Because I mean, I didn't get to go kick when Tojo wears those boys out with that stick. <laughs> And not only that, it was her favorite, J.T. Southern. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I put on the, the Tony falling off the ring and J.T.'s face was the two best parts of this match, except for the some really good wrestling in it. And um, but uh, so uh, they cut the break. They come back to Lance with the show recap, and I didn't write because right, it was a he did it was a real short recap, I think, wasn't it? I don't think he really. Did. It was practically what he said at the beginning of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is what, this yeah. is what we had, and now we're out of time. Yeah, and then they cut to the the send off, which is the the new music and all that, and the new footage and all that. The, and uh, so that was the show. Uh, it was like I said, it was a it was a um, B show, but a lot better than the B show uh, the week before. We got more studio. I, I hate that we didn't get to see the full Pat Tanaka turn. Like the studio got to see, because I actually remember it, uh, watching it from when I was younger. And actually, I think I had it on tape at one time. Um, so I have went and review. I went and skimmed through next week's show. It's a full studio show, so we won't have. Oh, a, thank goodness. Yeah, I went on. I was like, I'm going to script, uh, scan through it, and so it, um, it was all studio. I was like, thank goodness. So uh, we got about five minutes. You want to give your little wrap up of? Of what you thought about the whole show in general? It was a tape show. I, I am glad we got to see some, some decent arena stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I wish we would have got to see more of Hogan and Lawler as opposed to as clipped up as it was. Yeah. I uh, really enjoyed uh, Pat Tanaka and, and the company members uh, versus Jonathan Boyd and The Hunter. Really enjoyed that. Uh, mm -hmm. Would like to see that whole match. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, it would have been good. The, the 10-man tag, like, I, I'll be honest, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Because when I saw 10-man tag, I was like, this is going to be awful. I think what it was, was, you know, Jarrett works, like I said, always works good with Sato and Goto. And Mark Starr was coming there to get a job that day. And did Paul Diamond, I don't think Paul Diamond Hardy ever got in the ring toward the very end, wasn't it? He, he got in there a very short time yeah. and then that, and then was back out until the end. Yeah. Uh, back to Mark Starr real quick. Like It was to, it was to the point that even, uh, even Bruno was putting him over on commentary. He's like, hey, we got to watch this new guy. We can't have this new guy messing things up for us. Yeah, especially to get that big old drop kick. Yeah, it, everything yeah. Starr did, look, what little bit Starr was in there, it looked good. And like I said, I know he did come and work for the promotion in 87, but I can't remember if it was then or if it was later on. But I do remember him being there in 87, so we'll see next week if he's back. But, uh, but yeah, for an overall B-show, it was like I said, it was good. I just wish they would have uh, at least put the Tanaka thing not right in the very beginning, just standing there doing the match plugs. But, I mean, like I said, they, the beach, B-show tapes for the loop, they didn't put no thought in. They just put them out there and to have filler, basically, is what they are. But this... This was a lot better than last week's. I have to give it a, you know, it was a decent little show. So, But yeah, next week's a whole new studio. It's all studio, so that'd be a lot better. Uh, but, um, so Tanaka's heel now. Uh, they got him, him and Jeff, looks like they're facing a big program. Um, they're still just dangling that idle, rich, lawler thing, just dangling it in front of people. So, you know, I just, I don't know. <laughs> And it looks like Rich is. Maybe on TV. I don't know. Yeah, and Rich, I, I, I looked. He wasn't in Continental at this time. I do know he was in uh, AWA around this time. Uh, but I don't. But AWA, they weren't running hardly much at all. Uh, so maybe a showboat taping once a month. He might have been on that. So I don't know where he was at. Um, maybe he'll be back next week. Who knows? On the. Well, we know he won't be on the studio, but he might be back on the Evansville card run, the rundown. So, all right, we got a couple minutes. Anything you want to add? No, that's it for me, man. I was glad we were able to get it in. Sorry, it's a little bit later. Uh, yeah, that's my fault. Dropped the gun and totally forgot about it. <laughs> well, Thursday, I, I, yeah, but then I couldn't do it this weekend because I was out of town visiting family down in Rock Island, man. We'll do this wrap this up real fast. But right, if you ever get a chance to go to Rock Island, Tennessee, man, that is one of the most beautiful places in the world. Uh, the waterfalls and stuff down it is beautiful down there. But that, but yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to Rock Island, go check it out. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> I know it has nothing to do with it, but anyway. So yeah, we're going to do the, next week will be the uh, 21st, March 21st show. We'll do that next week. So everybody, thanks for listening. Um... You can find us on the uh, the uh, the No Budget Podcast Center. You can find us find the links there. Um, if you got on my uh, Facebook, I'll have the links. Uh, JP will have it on his stuff. So uh, thanks everybody for listening, man. Just you know, let us whoever's listening, let us know who's out there. You know, you know, let us know how, what you think about it. If we if it's good, if we suck, whatever. But okay, I'm done rambling. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. For Quint Charisma, hey, that's me, and Jeremiah Plunkett. Bye-bye, everybody. God bless.